You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Find more great shows like this at wearelibertarians.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the We Are Libertarians. Uh, We got the COVID-19 daily updates, and we got a fun one uh, here today. We actually got a a hopeful one slash aggravating one. Uh, I got uh, Brian, and I won't even try on your last name, but uh, Wolgamuth. Wolgamuth. Come on. That's real simple. Wolgamuth. Yeah, yeah, easy. Uh, he's from the research team. He's actually been on it for a while, so I'm sure you've heard the fruits of his labor before. He's been on our reaction shows. You, so you've, uh, if you've watched this in the past couple of weeks, you've maybe heard his voice a little bit. But right, I, I had him on uh, solely. Normally, I invite the whole wall crew on, but uh, he has been passionate about the treatment from since before people were talking about the treatment. It was like we're busy. We're so busy focused on talking about reacting, quarantining shallowing the curve but ultimately there has been precious little to talk about as far as we're not calling it a cure because it's a virus there is no cure but there is treatments and actually kind of effective treatments so brian with that introduction i'll let you set it up however you want well caveat i'm not a doctor i'm not your doctor i've never played one on tv except for right now so (laughs) Um, You're a researcher, and that's I, what we need right now. <laughs> yeah, my, my background is actually in information gathering, pattern recognition, things like that. So, um, but yeah, I'm also an optimist, and I always think that in the end, you know, we're going to figure things out. Uh, large meteor coming towards us, you know, got time, we're going to figure it out. So, but that's why I'm positive because there's three things we did not have a week ago. Well, nine days, let's call it at this point. Nine days ago. We didn't have these things, and we have them now. Uh, the first thing is is the 45-minute test, and I think that's the most critical part of all this. The 45-minute test is basically turns it from a large gathering where they have to get everybody's tests together. They drive them to the center testing area. Everybody has to then get put in there. All the logistics of it, all the reagents, everything else, spin it up, let it run for six, seven hours, and then pull it all out, sort out. All right, and I mean these things can do like two to four thousand tests at a time, along with all the other hospital tests that normally get done. Pull yeah. all that out, sort out all the logistics of that, and then get answers back. Now that's not going to take forty-five minutes. That's going to take days. What happens in those days? You're probably worried, wondering, okay, or maybe I'm just going and infecting everybody else because it'll come back negative. No. <laughs> right. And not to slow your roll here, but I mean, yeah. that was one of the surprising things because we remember when um, this was going on early and we said, oh, we, well, we've been approved to do 40 tests in Seattle. We've been approved to do, you know, they gave us 100 tests here. And then it was some German private company that cranked out like 1.6 million of them in yep. one day and was like, hey, you want them? We're, we're on a roll right now. And I'm like, yep. what? Do you have an explanation for why they were able to do that? And we weren't. What, what happened? Politics, um, politics, and probably a bunch of BS. Um, I don't have a good explanation, and I know there's been. Uh, I haven't watched the video that Reinhold put up yet, and I'm hoping to sometime later today. Uh, from what he said on that video, was that it sounds like there's a lot of politics involved, which wouldn't shock me in this because the, any event like this, no matter how we want to say it's a healthcare event, it's a human crisis event, it's always a political event, and it's always going to be somebody who's sitting there going. It, it, there's always an opportunity, whether it is personal, political, whatever, 
there's opportunities there. So right, in yeah, reality, yeah, it, go ahead. It, it just does go to show that we were able to do more than oh, yeah. we did, that we were, oh, yeah. that something was limiting us because oh, yeah. when, when one, when one location was able to have uh, to do something in an unlimited fashion, they produced literally millions of tests in a day. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we're, we're able to just give them away with just yeah. like, oh, yeah, these are, this is, this. so it's not even a matter of expense or time. Yeah. Anyway, so I'll let you continue. So we yeah. were on the path of uh, yeah. you're getting tests, you're waiting for your results. And in the meantime, you could be infecting other people. Yeah. You don't know. You might not be asymptomatic. You might have symptoms, but the wrong right. thing. Go ahead. Or, or you're shutting down your life. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the other thing. If you're, if you're, if you're an honest person, you're like, holy crap, I may have been exposed. I'm quarantining myself. I'm shutting myself off from work, everything else. So that's a financial Im- impact. There's all other social impacts and things like that. So with this being able to be done in 45 minutes, and the other thing is scale here, because the thing is this, it still has to be done in, the, t- the lab test isn't, you know, like uh, the pee on the stick, you're, congrats, you've got COVID-19. It's still an intensive uh, DNA study. They stick a swab up your nose, but it can be done on on equipment, um, it's the Cepheid uh, 5000, or it's the Gene Expert system. And there's something like about 5,000 of those just in the US. The other systems they were using, they're, they're the Roche Cobras, I believe they're called. And there's like maybe 150, 200 of those. There's other systems that do tests as well. But the thing is, the ability to have a system that has 5,000 of them in the US alone, and it's a shorter test, that is a lot it's gonna be a lot quicker to get these and get the information to people much more quickly so i mean that's the big thing we can turn this around now we can't do the things like they were doing in south korea which was is hey by the way we think you're positive here come with us <laughs> you know we we kind of have some things here in the u.s that we have freedoms and things like that that we kind of take for uh, granted sometimes but the reality is is that we can now tell people quickly hey we think you've you've got it or we're pretty sure you got it Uh and to go ahead and take next steps or that you're clean, but we may want you to come back in a couple weeks, which is the other piece of this. It isn't that now we have this huge lag of tests because we've got thousands of people being tested and you can only do so many in the machine. Now all of a sudden it becomes, it, it turns from signing mortgage paperwork to ordering a coffee at Starbucks. So you imagine the processes of that, that's shrunk and so, boink, 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 it's decentralized. You can get this out to people and get answers and hopefully start socially clawing this thing down. Getting, said, getting it closer to peeing on the stick, so to speak. Right, getting right. close okay. to peeing on the stick. But the reality is, as I said, we didn't have this a week ago. Last Saturday, when I started researching a lot of this, when I started going into it, going, you know, this is starting to get a little, little what are we doing here? So, that kind of gets to the next point of this which is the, the treatment that's out there, which is hydroxychloroquine. Uh, there's talks about azithromycin, things like that. And I just happened to come across it uh, Saturday morning, um, definitely sitting there a little freaking out. Um, and it comes across my Twitter feed. And I'm like going, what the heck's this? Yeah. So I started taking a look at it. And all of a sudden, it's like, hey, this Australian study that was done where they treated 20 patients. And, and let me mind you, 20 patients – is like testing is like a test on on coffee at Starbucks with twenty people. Okay, just because yeah. you got twenty people that like that coffee does not mean you're going to roll it out nationwide and you know give it to everybody. You're going to want to do more testing on it to make sure yeah. that it wasn't you know something else. But the reality is that study has already been done four different times by that point. It's been done in China, which is where the Chinese were the original ones to find it. 
Um, the, the Italians were doing some work and the French did a great study on it. Again, about 26 patients. So it's not a huge case study. It doesn't tell you a lot, but the thing is that you have pretty much four different geographically distant, but similar results. That's the, kind of the wait a minute, this may be interesting. And the yeah. reality is, yeah. Because I think none of us trust government and some no. of the studies are government funded, some of them aren't. But when four different stu- studies in different parts of the world kind of say the same thing, you're like, oh, okay, maybe time to lend some credence to this. Right. Now, before you get too much into the specifics, I just want to back up. I'm going to say something that I watched online. You correct me if I'm wrong or not. But I found this fascinating because it's one of those things that I, I think almost all of us are, aren't molecular biologists and so we are or, or pathologists or you know we're, we're not experts of this type of thing so we do a lot of internet researching to try and become experts real quick right i was and a constitutional so I, scholar last week so you know come on <laughs> right and so a, a cure will never be available for this and i guess the reason that is is because like all viruses it and i didn't know this again until i did this research but i guess it infects at the genetic level it right. actually creates a mutation and then the problem with the virulent viruses, because you have a lot of those viruses where your body's like, oh, that's a mistake. We'll fix it. It yeah. doesn't detect the mistake and it replicates right. the mistake. So in this case, the mm-hmm. reason like your lungs are affected is because specifically it'll mutate something with to do with, you know, your lungs and the other cells in your lungs will be like, oh, no, it's that, that looks good to me. That's fine. Yeah. And, and it goes undetected. <sighs> It, 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 it yeah, starts, it. yeah, the, the virus more does more damage to the tissue in the lungs. What it does is that the, the, you're right about the immune response. The immune response basically for the, for the first like few days, few weeks, everything like that is just ba- a few days of this is just, uh, all right, cool. Um, but, you know, eventually your immune system is geared to start figuring out, hey, something's not right here. I have all these cells dying and I don't know why. And that's the thing is that our immune system isn't self-aware. It doesn't go, hmm, let me go ahead and start putting this together. It basically just starts throwing crap at it because we're, we have billions of viri or viruses, viri, whatever you want to call, in us every day. And our immune system knows the ones that it's learned over years with antibodies to go, yeah, that's one I want to kick the crap out of. Yeah, no, it's no big deal. We'll just let that one go. That's a that's a dog virus. That's a ferret virus. That's a bad. This is why people that are in um like uh like space shuttles or in sterile zones for too long are suddenly susceptible to things to these little things that our bodies become used to just being like, oh, that's not even a question, right? it's it's also like when you go to your veterinary office and you see them operating on your dog and they're not wearing face masks and the first thing you go is like, dude, I mean like I watch TV, they're supposed to all have masks on. And it's like no, no, people viruses don't go to dogs. Dogs usually don't go to people. It's it, can it happen? Yes, and this is what happens when it does, but it's rare. Right. So you kind of have to have a lot of things happen for that virus to be able to come up and say, hey, I'm going to make this jump from this mammal to this mammal. So, I mean, we carry viruses in us that can be fatal to other animals. It's mm-hmm. rare because, you know, usually we're not, you know, well, anyhow. Um, yeah, you're but, good. I, I, I totally get it. I was at a, uh, let me just create a fun div- diversion thing no, for a that's moment. Good. My, uh, yeah. uh, I, was, I was touring a chocolate factory once and the chocolate workers were actually using their bare hands. And this was, of course, many years ago, but people were, yeah. you know, and they, and they addressed it. They were taking tours and people were like, I, I know you're probably concerned with why they're not wearing gloves. And mm-hmm. the bottom line is there were more issues with people 
uh, with the gloves getting into hot chocolate and latex and yep. and even non-latex uh, allergies, you were much more susceptible. There was much more susceptible to be reaction to that than there was to germs from bare hands. Now, of course, they were right. washing hands, taking precautions, right. but it was this understanding that's like, actually, there can be more problems. The, the more we look like we're trying to take care of the problem, we actually might create more problems and we're not... You- yeah. Yeah. Security theater, I think is yeah. the proper term. It's like <laughs> right. the SA. Right. Okay. So uh, yeah, not to yeah. derail though, you see carry on. Yeah. So we got, so I think we've got an understanding. It's, mm-hmm. it's hurting the tissue. We see these things. We say we yeah. can't make, create a cure, but we can create a treatment. And, right. and we've talked about these four studies, talk about this treatment. You mentioned mm-hmm. the name of this treatment. Yeah. Now, what is it again? Hydroxychloroquine. And All right, what's that do? Like, okay, what it does is that it's an old malaria treatment from the 40s. So we've got lots of data on it. Basically, the big thing is we know that people can take it. We know where the toxic levels are. If you take more than, you know, if you freak out and take like two, three grams at a time, uh, it could cause blindness because retinal, uh, retinal methopathy, I think it is. Sorry, I can't think of it. Is it retinal, retinopathy? I can't remember the exact term of it. But basically what it is, it can cause eyesight damage. Or if you're like the people that just got published on, on, uh, on social media, two people self-medicated with an aquarium treatment that had, uh, had it in it. And that's, the, um, that's, like, that's like the Tide Pods you know, type of thing for for these people. It's like, well, why would you eat an aquarium treatment just because you think that, hey, this might save us from the virus? So, so I, now, I don't know what to say on that. Yeah. In their defense, isn't it, because I've actually done this before where it's like, well, for some reason, the dog acetaminophen's cheaper than the human acetaminophen, but it's right. the exact same ingredients. So I just took the dog mm-hmm. acetaminophen and it worked. And so, and there are antibiotics, I believe, that are the same, but yeah, I, this but- is an antiviral thing, which is a little little different right <laughs> right but it's also the thing is yeah it's an antiviral thing and the thing is you also have to remember is the way it's being administered so mm-hmm. if you drop those tablets in the t- in the in a you know in an aquarium what are they doing uh-huh. they're dissolving into the water so right. you're going to have to have a higher concentration based on the fish that you have in there because the fish have to breathe it in and they're only getting it through their lungs and they're only going to get so much before it either craps out or something like that. So, right. you know, it's kind of like, it, it would be like along the lines of me spraying like a mister of it in the room that you're in uh, compared to here, please take this tablet because okay. it is an aquarium treatment. So, Got it. Okay. so it's, it's, it's a different mindset. But the thing is getting right. back to, to chloroquine, we've got 80 years of data on it. Um, so we know what toxicity there is. We know with, with most of the drug interactions, there are going to be some that we haven't tested just because there's millions of drugs out there and you can't test every one of them. Yeah. So that's why people do studies when there's a new treatment on so or a new use for something. They still go through it because they've got to say, all right, look, you know what? 30 years ago, this was great. We could give it to everybody, but now everybody's taking this drug and oops, by the way, this causes, you know, a spontaneous testicle combustion, you know, or something along those lines. I would like to avoid that. I possible. would like to avoid that myself. <laughs> um, but that's the thing is that that's where you got to test it. And that's why you always hear when people are talking about it, they're going, dial it back, dial it back, you know. But the thing is that at this point in time, this is the this is the second big game changer that I, I found in this. Because the thing is this, with the study, especially the French study, and I'll put my notes later on it, 
we've gone from being uh, being contagious, being contagious for a full 14 to 21 days, depending on how fast you recover from it, which by the way, that's up to your body generating the antibodies. Hopefully you don't develop the pneumonia. Hopefully you don't get put on a vent, but generating the antibodies and being able to fight this thing off. This, what it does is that it changes slightly the way that your, your cells regenerate and the pH inside of them and the virus apparently cannot survive that. Now, that's good because that means that it isn't really based on some sort of like, hey, we've got to have this biological thing. Basically, it's like, hey, if I turn the temperature up from 98 to 99, it's gone. That's a physical manifestation. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. That, that's easy. That's generally, you don't get a workaround on that, but you may. You may get a mutation because it is viruses are RNA and basically they can mutate real easily. Usually yeah. mutations involve it and in going I don't work, but every now and then you get this one special one, like what we're all dealing with now. Right. So. Right. It's a, it's a one in a million thing, but there are millions and millions of these things. So it, it happens. Yeah. yeah. And yep. this is, this mm-hmm. is just, yeah. One of those things that I see you saying replicates in a way that just happens to work or in our yep. case makes, it, makes our body not work. Yeah. Right. It, it, it works really well. And actually the, these type of viruses is like when people get upset about Ebola and things like that, mm-hmm. people are like, Oh my goodness, I'm going to get Ebola. Ebola is really a really bad virus. I never want to get it. But the thing is that it burns through so quickly because it's quick to get symptoms. You know, it's about mm-hmm. seven days. And then those symptoms are really horrible and they're usually fatal and it burns through. So it's like lighting a small fire in a, in a small field that you've got control. It burns the whole field real quick. This yeah. is a very slow burn. So you have 14 days. If you're transmittable, you're contagious, and then you start developing symptoms. And oh, by the way, the fatality rates anywhere, for, depending on treatment, from one to 5%. Yeah. So, yeah. Which isn't a dice roll that anybody wants to, wants to no. roll, but yeah, it's, no. uh, you know, I think a lot of the younger people are like, Oh, only 1%. That's fine. And I'm like, dude, that's, that's one in a hundred. Imagine if one of your hundred friends died. I mean, that, that, that's a serious thing, you know, <laughs> every time you get in the car. Okay. Uh-huh. Now just think about one time out of every hundred times you get in the car every day, you're going to get into a fatal crash. How often yeah. are you going to get in that car? I'm like, walking uh, to work a lot more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm walking. I'm never leaving my house. Right. And the same thing with plane crashes and things like that. We, we generally start accepting risk at one in 10,000, one in 100,000. I can ride in the car 10,000 times and I'll get into an accident and the chance of it being fatal is, is relatively low, but it's higher than, you know, what, okay. you know, what most people give. So unless yeah. you're willing to eat out of the chocolate fountain at Golden Corral, then it's more like one in three, one in four. Yeah. <laughs> at that point, you know, honestly, if you're looking out of that fountain, you know, God bless you. You're probably going to be here along with all the cockroaches. So right. <laughs> good on you. Right. Yeah. You've been the opposite of quarantining. Uh, so, so let me continue with this. Uh, the, it was an anti-malarial drug. Now we still have it around because by the way, white people, malaria still exists uh, well, in some parts of the world, as well as it's, we learned to develop it to treat it for other, for yep. other sicknesses as well. Yep. Right. And so, and so we developed as an anti-malarial drug, but it's still been around and still in use. People still had it and we're developing it. And obviously not the dosages that we would want right now, right. but, or, or in the volumes we should want, I guess not dose, but yeah, right. volume we would want. And mm-hmm. because it's been effective for other diseases, anything that boosts your, boosts your immune system is going to be pretty helpful to people who have that type of you know, something right. that is attacking their immune system. Yeah, right? autoimmune. And that and that's the two big ones. It's arthritis and lupus. So they mm-hmm. are considered to be pretty uh, decent arthritis lupus treatments. Um, one of those things I think they, I, I, I've not read into the research on, but I think it was one of those things that they happened to find a, oh, by the way, 
these people that took this felt better. Maybe we mm-hmm. should kind of like Viagra. Hey, by the way, this is supposed to be a blood blood uh, medication, but uh, we've got this wonderful effect. So maybe we ought to do something. So it's it, there's a lot of research that goes into that to make sure it's effective and things like that. But yeah, that's the funny thing about this is that the other part about this is that this didn't happen last week. Yeah. And, and the knowledge was not kept like on March 12th. Oh, by the way, you take a look at things that were happening in the healthcare system and you see the notes and things like that that have been coming out. First of all, the UK blocked export of it, which means the UK basically said, we can make it here, but it's not leaving our shores yeah. on the 27th of February. Now, that's the funny thing. It's like, why would you block export of an anti-malarial drug in the UK? So that, that's odd. The second thing is, is that, that the local supply usually is about six, 8,000 tablets uh, a month or something along those lines. That's usually mm-hmm. what the U.S. dosage usually take is on, for hospitals and things like that. Yeah. Uh, hospitals were buying up stocks of it going back to mid-February, early March, and sold out essentially nationwide in that time frame. So the hospitals knew, hey, this may be worth keeping handy because we're going to need it. So... There, there's and a and lot that's why th- you sounded the whistle, the whistle on this so early. Everybody mm-hmm. else was talking about quarantine and you're just like, I think some governments, I mean, the UK obviously knew something about it yep. by February 27th. I mean, yep. that's not just coincidence that they yep. you know, passed a little piece of legislation bo- blocking export on that date so that they could yep. keep it all for themselves. And then, like you said, hospitals were buying it way, way early. Like people in the know were like, mm-hmm. oh, this might be effective early. You know, I mean, you think about it, you know, and, and most people only see these in the fact of dramas. But when you see somebody with, you know, drastic symptoms, that they aren't sure what to do. You know, you get together with a few expert researchers, you sit in a room, you take a few minutes and you say, you know, what might be a solution? And this was one of those things that was pitched around that they were kind of like, yeah, that's, that seems like, you know, one of these things that might be effective, right? Exactly. Yeah. So they, they figured it out a lot earlier. Now, I did want to get into this because this is one of those things, and I hate to throw Trump any bones right now for messing <laughs> this up and saying there was no problems and no problems, and he could have removed the restrictions on making this stuff a lot earlier. Right. Um, but he has kind of like, hey, I see promise in this. And then Fauci gets up uh, from the CDC mm-hmm. and is like, hey, I know he sounds really excited about this, but we haven't approved it yet. You still need a doctor's prescription. Two yep. gra- grams of it can kill you. People can't yep. be trusted with it. Stop getting right. excited about it. And right. he kind of squashed it. Now everybody's looking to him for the medical advice, like research guy right now. And he's been right about a few things. Why? Mm-hmm. So I guess where do you stand or what should we do? What, what should we take with his consideration? Because the FDA still has it banned right now. Right. Or, or it's limited. not banned. Limited. It's, it, it's, it's not been approved for treatment. It's not officially yes. been approved for treatment, but it's, appro- it's approved for off-label, which basically means that, hey, look, you know what? You can still prescribe it. We know what, what it is, but basically you're taking a risk. It'd be like, you know, saying, hey, my kid has a cold. Hey, I'm going to go ahead and give him, I'm going to go ahead and do a bone marrow transplant. It's off-label. I mean, it's a procedure in that case, but basically the drugs on that, you could give that, but get news for you. You're probably going to get your butt sued off you for doing something that's silly. So you can prescribe it off-label. So the other piece of it is that that's, that's the typical, and it's a good response because people should not be going out and looking for aquarium tablets and taking this stuff because it can have some nasty side effects. It can have some nasty um, interactions with current drugs. I mean, you listen to the laundry list of interactions and things like that and, and side effects you got when, with anything on TV. This stuff has it. 
So it's not a guarantee, but it is a very, we've got some very good data from four small studies. The larger studies are going on right now, but the thing yeah. is that those, ti- those are going to take time. Everything that I have seen and, and talked to people, um, not only through Chris, but also through a couple other friends in the media and things like that, it isn't being widely used. Now, the, the big problem, of course, is it's being given to the most critically ill to start with. Uh, people that are on ventilators, people that have significant comorbidities, they're the ones getting it. Now, here's the other problem with it. It's kind of like you've been hit by a truck and here I've got this pill and it'll kind of help you back a little bit. It'll help you fight off the virus. The virus the virus has problems replicating and then that gives your body a chance to recover on its own. Right. It's basically propping you up. If there's not much to prop up you're, you're not going to have a good result from it. So okay. I, as, as we ramp up production of it, and as we get more studies and more tests, you're going to start seeing it going from the most critically ill to those that have been diagnosed with it. And I won't be surprised you start seeing all the senators, everybody else that's on there that, that's being tested positive, um, or, or any healthcare workers that are testing positive, that they will get it earlier in the process. Now, remember what I said, it helps you, it kind of gives you kind of like that little thing. If you're not very far into the infection, you've got, and it can help stop that replication that gives your body chance to create antibodies to be able to fight it off. Mm-hmm. So that's the big thing. The big thing with the treatments that we, the treatments we had before, I won't call them palliative, but it was basically you know, we're just trying to keep you alive long enough for your immune system to bring you back. And oh, by the way, you're probably going to be on a vent and it's going to take 40% of your lung capacity for the rest of your life after doing this. But is it, I guess, is it the wrong take then? Because I I hear the list of symptoms and they should be taken seriously, but I also Mm -hmm. see those on the back of like a Viagra bottle and people take those all the time. And so it seems to me like this is kind of life and death. And so if you're willing to kind of mess up your life a little bit to to get an erection, you might be willing to mess up your life a little bit, especially if it might be a life-saving thing for you, right? Right. And, and the doctors are doing that. The doctors are saying, yeah, look, this, this has good results. I will not be surprised in the next week that the larger studies, there's one going on University of Minnesota. I'm sure there's one because, I mean, Cuomo talked about it a couple nights ago with uh, New York getting it. So mm-hmm. I will not be surprised if we start seeing larger studies coming back. Um, again, geographically diverse. We're going to see it again in France. We're going to see it in Italy, UK, US, Canada, everywhere else, where they're going to start saying, look, you know, we're, we're seeing good results with this. This should be considered a, at least a, a go forward path. And that, and especially with azithromycin, the combination of the two seems to really knock it out within three to six days, which yeah. that's fabulous. I mean, now all of a sudden you've gone from a 21 day window of contagion to as short as three to four. That, that's, wow. that's, that's game changing. And that's, that's kind of where I start getting really optimistic because the thing is this, the thing, three things that start happening. Number one, we can test you quickly. Number two, we can treat you quickly, which means you're no longer contagious in mm-hmm. three to four days in right. theory, a best case scenario. Worse, I'd say it's going to be more six. Probably you'll find the numbers come in around there. But in six days, I, I know you have it. Mm-hmm. And in six days, you can be out of this. That's pretty good. And have and, and, and come out with all your lung function and come out with everything. That's all of a sudden that shortens that. That oh, shortens yeah. it pretty exponentially. So all of a sure. sudden well, that, that large curve you saw going up, yeah. that curve peaks and then starts coming down pretty quickly as, as time goes on. 
I, I, and I was just about to bring up the curve. We talk about flattening the curve. Quarantine mm-hmm. isn't the only way to do this. I mean, if we get a treatment that makes you infectious for a shorter amount of time mm-hmm. or shortens the time that you're on a ventilator, some more people can get on a ventilator or something like, mm-hmm. I mean, that is all, that's all helps to flatten this curve, right? Yes. And so mm-hmm. we need to not look at it just from a quarantine perspective. I think we need to look at this from like a treatment perspective. Right. And it's, uh, yeah, I think it's just... I think it's shocking that we are pretty much only talking about quarantine right now. And right. like you said, all these medical experts and all these governments are like, oh, well, we know this is effective. And you're like, well, can I, can I get some of that? No. <laughs> you can. You can. Yeah. And that's the thing. It, 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 with a prescription, please, please do not go out and find the aquarium stuff and start mm-hmm. taking it. That's insanely bad. It, it, it would be like going out and finding out that, hey, there's some of this in pine salt. Start drinking the pine salt or taking pie, Tide Pods. Sure. It has to be done by a medical doctor because the thing is they've got to be able to monitor you and know what the interactions are. Right. There's so, water uh, in pine sole, but I wouldn't use it to hydrate. You know? Yeah, I was going to say, right. it looks like Gatorade. So, yeah, you know. it must be the same thing. Uh, yeah. the, the, so so I, I guess, and this turns it to more from a medical thing from to a philosophical thing. We can go back to the medical thing if there's anything we missed. Yeah. But like there's... I guess I, I don't really love the concept behind getting a prescription for everything. My, right. my gal is on um, some painkillers that require prescription and they are mm-hmm. life changing. And she has to, if she, if she gets like a two day window to go into the doctor to get a yeah. new prescription, to get this thing that if she doesn't have it, she actually has like seizures. And yep. I mean, pr- the pain, even when she's not having a seizure is like puts her on the floor ro- writhing around in pain. And right. so when we have something like, oh, the doctor is just kind of busy that weekend. Right. Or, you know, we really can't, oh, sorry, we, we can't, you know, or, or, I mean, even something stupid. Like, we've had it be something simple like, oh, I think it got sent to, like, our spam email and we didn't find it for a couple of days. Well, yeah, that's funny and that's sad, but at the same time, that's a couple of days where she's in agonizing pain and they're trying to figure out where the paperwork is. Like, and right. so I, I, I loathe prescriptions in general. I understand, like, I do think there's some responsibility even kind of in a true libertarian world by, by being like, hey, by the way, if you take this, this is all the stuff that could come up or waive right. your rights to entirely. So I, I get what you're saying about understanding. You should understand what this could do to you. You should also understand the aquarium stuff you should not take. But at the same time, I have noticed there are groups. I, I looked this up even on Google a couple days ago. You can buy some for human consumption. It is against the law, but mm-hmm. I was able to order it if I wanted to from a place that was admittedly selling it illegally and selling it against the law, but I was okay with that. Or is that not good? I I don't think that's a good idea because I mean, think of all the scam artists on there that could very well be rat poison. That could very well be anything else. And that's a big problem actually in pharmaceuticals is, is trying to keep track of meds from point A to point B point D or point Z because mm-hmm. there's a lot of things, a lot of manufactured overseas. So they want to make sure the legit stuff gets out the door. And actually I have a quick story on that with Bayer. Yep. I, my wife bought some um, collars, uh, flea collars for our dogs. And they're the, I forgot what they were called, but they were, it was, it was like, Oh look, these are on sale and they're about, you know, about 60% off. And I thought, okay, yeah, we'll go ahead and grab them. And I got them and I looked at them and I said, well, they look legit but this doesn't quite look right. So I called Bayer and Bayer called me back like within an hour and was like, what do you have? Can you send us pictures and can you send it to us? Because it was fraudulent. It was, it was legit though. It was the can looked exactly like the stuff. Really? The collar looked like it, but 
it probably either had different active ingredients or it had no active ingredients in it. So I, I'm sorry, there are so many people on the internet that just love to just scam the crap out of people. I mean, if someone's going to charge you 50 bucks for a roll of toilet paper, don't you think they're going to go on and put some, here, throw some, throw some acetaminophen in this little pills thing in the pill uh, you know, pocket, pockets and ship it out and say it's chloroquine and charge 500 bucks for it. I mean, so there's plenty of scam arts out there. So, so right now, as angry as I am about yeah. The, getting this prescribed, that's probably, it, it's probably, I guess, the equivalent of like go, going to your local drug dealer for an opioid, right? It might work, it might not. It's a yeah. little sketchy and you wouldn't recommend it. I, I don't think you're going to see where you're going to have to call the doctor and make an appointment. I think it's going to be probably along the lines of if you test positive, they're going to probably have you come back and say, all right, you tested positive. We want you and your family to go get to the rest of you tested. Mm-hmm. You got to come back tomorrow or today to this place give us your test number we're going to check a few things on you and there's going to be a pa or a nurse practitioner who's going to write you a script or probably just have the blister pack right there handed to you okay twice a day you know six days come back if you have any more symptoms come back in six days and we'll test you again okay the standard release for being released to the general public is two tests uh, with at least 24 hours between the two where you are, where you are virus free. So <clears throat> I will not be surprised to see if that is the gold standard with what they're going to do. Test you quick up. Oh, you're positive. Here's your pills. Come back in six days and we're going to test you again. Then we're going to test you one more time just to make okay. sure. So it could be, I guess if we fo- do focus on making the process, I won't focus on anarchist society, but if we, if we make the process currently right now, because this is what we have, if we streamline it as, line as much as possible, you see it being possible as getting that, those pills even the day of, of being diagnosed or, or testing positive. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. And, that, and okay. my guess is that's what's going on is that the treatment, I mean, there's going to be different treatment levels for different, different size adults. You know, if you're, yeah. if you're 900 pounds, you're probably going to get told to take twice the dosage. If you're, tw- if you're four years old, you're going to be given something completely different. Although I, I have a feeling what's going to end up happening is with the kids, depending on, com- you know, other issues, other comorbidities they have, they may let it burn through the kids and just get the adults taken care of because the kids don't seem to have the the huge fatal lung issues like you see in the adults. And that's yeah. the thing is that um, there's other things I think we're going to find out too. Number one, ibuprofen, please, for, you know, unless your doctor's told you you have to be on ibuprofen, do not take ibuprofen with this because they're finding that there's possibly a link between the pathways within the virus mm-hmm. that are opened up by ibuprofen. There's some anecdotal evidence. Anecdotal evidence is about as good as you can get it, uh, you know, as about as crappy as you can get. But <laughs> that being said, sure. if you have acetaminophen as an option and there's no problems with acetaminophen, I, I would stick with that until we get the all clear. The WHO came out, said something, then they said, no, we, that, but this is what the WHO did is that this came out like what I was talking about with the small studies. This small study came out and said, hey, look, we're noticing with ibuprofen things get worse but it's a small study and it hasn't been replicated. So that's why the WHO dialed it back and said, yeah, you can kind of do whatever you want after that, that study came out. But I think it's probably a, it's like, it's like saying, Hey, by the way, if you go swimming in that pool, you're going to get hepatitis. Hey kids, we're not going swimming today. You know, it's that pool instead. So. Right. Yeah. Even if it's that one, one in 100 chance, like you said, that's just not worth taking. Right. The, the, uh, yeah, I guess for me, I just see so many things that we messed up along the way. We should have been doing this much sooner. I, I think, I think, and I know for you, you were shouting this from the rooftops. I mean, they finally released 
the like let people test with this, mughm. even though the FDA still hasn't you know approved it for whatever. But <laughs> but you know that you were like, oh my gosh, we're not even allowed to do the research on this right now. And then finally, they're like, okay, well we've got a disaster on our hands. I guess we'll let you do some research into it. Yeah. And it's like, man, how much more ahead of it would we have been at this treatment you're talking about? been readily available at all these hospitals. I mean, we're talking those first cases could have immediately been taken with this treatment, which would have reduced the time of being infectious, which would have, I mean, flattened the curve before it even got started, you know? Right, and and there's a lot of things we could have done differently. I mean, we could have trumped banned China, China travel, which all of, you know, various presidential candidates came out and said it was uh, stupidly financially or stupidly racist, pick one or both. Um, we had a lot of other things. I mean, the, the number one thing with viral transmission, things like that, especially what they call it, because it's called novel because it's new and no one has a clue on, hey, where's this coming from? We don't really have a lot of experience with this one. Right. We have experience with coronaviruses. We don't have experience with this special one. So because of that, um, there's a lot of things that unfortunately you have to do. We kind of got lucky with the studies that came out of China. Uh, people may not like this, but I'm going to tell you those Chinese doctors who not only came up with the studies on this, but also came up with protocols on how to treat, when to treat, when to say, yeah, we're probably not going to have good success with treatment on this person mm-hmm. to doing all of that in the middle of what is going to be a viral war zone. Honestly, I mean, I, I you can't give them a noble uh, Nobel, but you can probably give them something because that's, that's pretty freaking special. And for them to also for putting their lives at risk for getting the notice out against the government's wishes, because the government wanted to say, Hey, everything's fine. Keep buying stuff. So um, th- there's a lot of things going on there that, that we can really be thankful for them. We can also be thankful for the French and everybody else for sharing this. And that's the one thing. If this virus, ha- if this virus happens 20 years ago, number one, it probably doesn't leave China. It may just stay in China. But number two, we really don't have that interconnection where we can get this information out as quickly as possible. So you're talking then if this starts coming over here, all of a sudden we're waiting for studies to be published and maybe people yeah. talk to know somebody or talk to somebody. So again, it just gets really, we're kind of in this really kind of magic zone of, of uh, global interconnection, both bad on virus transmission, but good on getting Research. it resolved. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, man, that's awesome. Well, I don't want to, um, we're at about time, but I, I do want you yeah. to take, cause you have done again, like the most research on this. I think, one way or another, either your links or your notes, we'll put them in the show notes and make sure people can view them and, mm-hmm. and everything like that. Because I'm sure you've said some things that people want to see more about. I mean, you're pretty much the only person talking about it, even in like, <laughs> I, and, uh, uh, <laughs> right, no, but I mean, uh, uh, but like you said, all the important people have, have already taken steps involving that research, right? Either buying it or stocking it up or limiting it to themselves. And so it's kind of like selling the stocks ahead of time. You know, you were, you were there when you're like, Oh guys, some stock issues. Maybe you want to, you know what I mean? We want to be on that inside path and, and you were on that inside path. And I don't want you to feel like you left anything on the table here, because this is kind of our one episode talking about this treatment. Obviously, yep. if something more comes up, we'll yep. we'll continue. We're continuing to do these daily updates at least through the next week, right. uh, and so so there'll be more opportunities. But is there anything? Go ahead and you know any closing statements you have. Take as long as you want. But anything we didn't touch on, I just want to make sure we you, you got it all out. 
<laughs> I got, I think I got everything, but I will say the one thing we keep talking about vaccines and vaccines are still a year away. Um, and I know that there are some people that are, have real strong feelings against them. Uh, I will tell you that the thing is, this is probably going to be the one vaccine that's probably going to be so well tested. It's not even going to be funny. They're not going to test for uh, efficiency, efficacy, but they're also going to test for um, interactions Anything along those lines, the last thing any of these people want to do is to rush out a vaccine that, oh, by the way, has a one in 10,000 chance of, of giving you the, the infection or something along those yeah. lines. So it's very easy, actually, to develop a vaccine. Everything I've read about it so far, and I'm not a viral researcher, so I'm not a virologist, yeah. I'm not an epidemiologist, did play one once on TV, but we won't go there. <laughs> um, I was young, I was in college. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, is that... Um, with that in mind, that's coming, but it's still going to be a year away. I think what we are going to see is we are still going to see waves of it. I think we're going to see as, as people get comfortable and social interaction starts to come back, we're going to start seeing it pop up again. But this time, that's going to be the time where we're going to be able to measure and say, all right, do we really have a good hold on this? And, and yeah, COVID-19 is going to be a, kind of a, a very big talking point for the next 15, 20 years. I think there's going to be a lot of planning around it. Uh, a lot of companies are really going to change the way they do business. Um, there's going to be a lot of things coming back from overseas because they realize that this thing, we're so well interconnected. Um, one of the things I do is I watch LAX because I'm an airplane geek. And you watch all the flights coming in and they're still coming in. And you're going to start seeing that. If, if uh, not only are you going to start seeing that, but you're going to start seeing people getting their temperatures taken or any type of, you know, any type of mass surveillance, which most libertarians are against, but, uh, you know, this is TSA, it's customs, that's what they're going to do. Um, there are questions we don't get answered. Um, I don't like the way Trump does his stuff, and I don't like the way the FDA and the CDC do theirs. They kind of do like a very generic, hey, we're working on it. Yeah. Um, I kind of think that they need to do it uh, kind of more of a, uh, that the, the, hey, we're working on it's good, but we also need that technical communication that normally happens in either um, you know a, either study data things like that to be able to get out so that people like me and others can t- can look at that and go okay yeah you you're getting so it's, we're getting somewhere we've got things going we've got things you know that are looking promising we got things that aren't looking promising uh, there's actually one one treatment that came out of Japan that looked real promising and they did some more testing on it and they found out eh, not as much as we thought. Uh, yeah. Chloroquine's far better. So, um, but other than that, yeah, I think that's a big thing, uh, better communication. But uh, I, I honestly, I'm still optimistic. I honestly think in two weeks um, with this, uh, with the deployment of the, of chlor with uh, hydroxychloroquine, uh, azithromycin and also better testing. I actually still think less than two weeks, we're probably going to start seeing things getting back to normal. Gotcha. Awesome. Well, I'm, I, you know, you were very uh, hopeful in this and I think that's good. I, I obviously when you talk about treatment, that's hopeful for a lot of people, but like, mm-hmm. I think that is good to at least see like some kind of light, maybe not at the end of the tunnel, but right now we just need a light at all. <laughs> and yeah. so, uh, yeah. yeah, that's good. But uh, anyway, guys, thanks so much for joining us. I really don't have too much to add to that. I, again, he has been awesome on the research and, and I've, it's been even hard for me to catch up with all the links and trying to understand everything. Uh, <laughs> that he's been talking about, but that's why we brought him on. Uh, so again, thank you, Brian. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to all our Patreon people. I know Chris thanks you by name. Uh, but you know, especially if you're that hundred dollar, $20, $10 a month people, man, we just, that, that really keeps us going. Let's us get this information out here right now, especially we're getting a lot more people tuning in and it's obviously people trapped at homes. I get it, but we're scared of this thing. We got a lot, we got a lot that we don't know, but let's not let that overshadow what we do know and let mm-hmm. that 
give us hope because, yep. and, and it's not false hope. These are things there's, like you said, there's studies going on and they, and we really need to, we need to lean more credence into the things that we know that can fix the problem rather than things that we don't know that might be problems. And there'll be plenty to talk about with the problems. Uh, we're going to do some reaction videos this week that are going to be hotter than hot about people creating <laughs> problems right now. Um, and so we'll, we'll have some fun ripping on them. But uh, other than that, man, it, it's just been great. Great talking with you, Brian. Obviously we've, we've had some good talking and, uh, and yeah, keep us updated again on the treatments. We'll be sure to get those links in the show notes and, and make sure that those are available for viewership. Uh, I guess we'll probably just have that sheet that you created, but you know, a, available to view, but not to edit or something like that. I, I, I'll be glad to put it as a PDF and we can throw it in the show notes and I'll, and I'm going to keep updating that in the Slack channel and everything else. And if there's any questions, people can always message me. So, all right. Awesome. Thanks so much guys. Again, cool. have a good one and we will see you all tomorrow. Thank you. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. And you can find more great shows like this at wearelibertarians.com. Shows like We Are Libertarians with Chris Spangle, The Brian Nichols Show, The Boss Hog of Liberty, Now Hear This with Chris Spangle, Gingerarchy with Trisha Stewart Mann, and our training podcast, Upward Libertarian Activism. All of these shows are supported by our patrons. If you'd like to become a Patreon member, visit wearelibertarians.com. Thank you so much for listening to this show.